Welcome to Day Zero Update 4, May 7th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Logi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Denner Victoria. And yeah, we've got uh, not a busy week of news, uh, but we got some good stuff here uh, for the week. And uh, yeah, some games did well. Some games got announced. Uh, some games got dates, all that kind of stuff. But this past week was kind of a big week for Xbox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they had two big Game Pass releases with Redfall and Ravenlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, pay, we played a decent bit of both. Uh, but one of those is more infamous for not having a very good launch. Yeah. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Ravenlock, probably the better of the two, just from what I've oh, played yeah. uh, for that. But uh, yeah, before we get to the news here, uh, I'll talk about what I've been playing. Uh, Redfall was sort of the, the big one. I put a few hours into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, played it both on my Xbox Series X and my PC. And it's, at best, it's okay. Um, for me, it's, on console, it ran it ran all right, but it's running at 30 FPS, which is not ideal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it definitely panned out the way that we thought it would be that, you know, not having the, the, you know, the, the performance mode for launch meant it was coming in pretty hot. Yeah, I have been, I've heard say that the game looks like it's unfinished in places. Yeah. Um, there are definitely some spots I saw. Um, so the way the game starts is you start on this ferry that uh, was trying to get out of town off this island of Redfall. And uh, the vampires, I guess, have the power to essentially like stop the water from flowing and sort of create this this big wall of water all around the island mm-hmm. uh, to keep people from being able to leave. Uh, so you're kind of just uh, lying on the ground in this ferry uh, as the, the vampires are sort of eating the other people on your ship. And then uh, they see you still alive. Uh, and then you meet sort of the the a big zombie, I guess, for the area. I don't know. There's multiple maps. I've not even really gotten all that far on this first map. Um, But one of them shows up and is like, oh, I've got big plans for you, and then just disappears um, for whatever reason, uh, leaving you to kind of go around and, you know, scrounge for stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, which isn't really all that useful because a lot of it's... uh, So this is from Arcane... I think Austin in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, the people that made Prey, yeah, uh, not the ones that made Dead uh, Death Death Loop. Um, that yeah. is Paris. Yeah, this was the uh, the other studio. <laughs> yeah, in the arc in that in you know Arcane sort of stable. Yeah, um, and so like like uh, Prey and some of those other games, there's like lots of little uh, bottles of drinks and. Uh, little snacks around and you eat those they i didn't really notice this right away but those just fill your health you don't like stack them in your inventory or anything for later mm-hmm. that's purely like oh i need some something to fill up uh which makes no sense for the beginning of the game because you already have full health yeah. kind of thing um but yeah you're kind of on this ferry you kind of pick up uh, a weapon or two i found two pistols that were the same pistol 
So there's loot to this game, but it's not random loot. Yeah. Uh, like the the two pistols I picked up had the exact same stats and all that. Uh, there are different variants of like the different kinds of weapons in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a you know regular pistols, some a uh, few other kinds. There's like a flare gun variant so that is for that I guess you cannot kind of take out the a vampire in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't tried that yet. Um, but yeah, you're kind of going through this, uh, what is essentially like the seabed, uh, mm-hmm. uh, going around finding, uh, this ship where there's just these people yelling on it in, uh, megaphones. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll try and sneak up and see what's going on. But, uh, as I was approaching from the one side, somebody just immediately saw me and just started shooting right away. So like the, the stealth just does not feel good in this game at all. Uh, which was seems like half of the point, especially because the character I picked is sort of the stealth character. Yeah, and it's also like really not a good look for Arcane, uh, this particular uh, Arcane studio, because uh, like they're the they're like flagship franchise. Like stealth is a huge part of that, so you would think that they would have had that locked down pretty good, but uh, nope. Yeah, yeah, I had. Multiple times just trying to sneak around and then uh, just like, oh, there's a vampire in a tree for some reason. And that just aggro's on me and then aggro's everybody else. Mm-hmm. As I was trying to like figure out where everybody was at for that. Um, but I had, I forget what his name is, Jacob, I think. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the the stealth boy of the, the main four whose first ability you get is sort of a a mystical raven that you can send out to mark people Mm -hmm. uh, around uh, which works okay but uh, there's like a delay between when you hit it and when the raven gets sent out Uh, so Mm -hmm. there are times where I didn't realize that and like sent it into the ground Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of stuff but yeah early on I got to like a tree that I was hiding behind that was actually decent stealth but it doesn't have like any sort of uh, shooting from behind cover mechanics to it Mm -hmm. So you can't like hold the left trigger and like peek over to like take a shot. Uh, I had to just like move around till I could actually make a shot because uh, I didn't just want to pop up uh, and stand there. But uh, yeah, you kind of wander your way around to this firehouse, which is sort of your base of operations. That is where you kind of do all your stuff. Um, and that's a whole little thing where... It's like, oh, you got to clear out all the vampires or the, or the, the hollow men cultists is what approaches first. You don't see, you don't fight any vampires for a bit. Um, but these cultists of the hollow man, which I guess from what I've heard is like the hollow man of the, of the big, you know, universal monsters. Uh, but I have not seen anything but just his cultists. They're raving about him a lot. Um, and so you're kind of just, one around, I got into the firehouse to take out the the two enemies that were, you know, keeping a bunch of people in uh, locked in this bathroom, and the the stealth for that was just not. I literally just walked up, hit the melee button, which does like an old school FPS style, just hitting them with the back of you know the butt of the gun and knocks them out, uh, and then walked over to the other person to do the same thing, like. 
doing one and then the other didn't like, you know, alert the other one or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, it's just kind of an old school style of stealth, I guess, but also, uh, from what I've seen, if you get spotted by somebody, uh, you can easily break line of sight and lose, lose them real quick. So it's not even that complex in the way of, you know, alerting them, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I was playing on the medium difficulty, I think it called Dusk. Yeah. Uh, I think Midnight is the toughest difficulty, and then I think Daylight is the easy difficulty. So if I if I do go play it again, I'll probably go on uh, Daylight to just swap over the easiest one and not have to worry about anything. Uh, though I didn't really have any close encounters to getting to die at that point. Uh, so far, a few hours in, but... Yeah, on Xbox, it runs all right, uh, 30 FPS, that kind of thing. On my PC, I tried everything I could uh, to get it to run at least a stable frame rate, like in the the 40s or 50s, but it would just shoot up and down depending on what was going on, and apparently it's not like a, unless you have like a top-of-the-line, like 4090 kind of brand-new PC, uh, yeah. you're probably going to be up and down, even with DLSS on. Uh, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and the weird thing uh, I found at a certain point, every time I pulled out the map to like look at where I should be going and that kind of thing, it came back. The frame rate just tanked down to like the twenties. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's like just not like the the act of like reloading the world was just causing that uh, strain on the on the the frame rate there. But yeah, that was the whole thing. And there were just points where I could like look in, uh, in around the areas, and like some textures just didn't look great. Yeah. Uh, like that tree I mentioned earlier just looked like a blocky mess yeah. uh, with, I guess, no textures on it. I don't know. I haven't gone back on there, but uh, I've ended up deleting the PC install I had because that was over 100 gigs for a game that ran poorly like that. I think on Xbox. It's about 70 gigs or so. So it's just a matter of, you know, economy of storage space that I had that I just made that decision. But yeah, the, the gun plays all right. It depends on the weapon. Uh, I think the, uh, the weird thing is like having the, I had four pistols drop early on two that are placed there, I think on the ship uh, and they were all the same kind. So uh, they, you know, automatically equip the first three, uh, and then I couldn't figure out which one was which uh, when I was trying to. Uh, the only difference I could find is one of them had like a green sight on it versus the others having red. That was kind of weird, but also they all share the bullets. So let's say I had 45 bullets and each gun could hold 15 in a clip. Uh, if I swapped between them all, I would have zero free bullets. Uh, so I had some early combat encounters where I ran out of bullets in one gun. I was confused where all my bullets went. I was like, oh, it's in the other guns and had to just switch to keep being able to shoot. Uh, that kind of stuff. I think once I had other weapons to put in those slots, it freed up those bullets, but that's just kind of weird. But yeah, once you start getting other weapons in there, like my f- first drop besides those pistols was a uh, was a yellow tier uh, uh, shotgun that... It was the it's going by the 
uh, the Diablo color scale. So yellow is your like epic ultimate uh, top tier thing. Uh, and yeah, that one has a stake on it. Uh, it's like a bayonet type stake. Uh, that's, you know, when you fight vampires, when you get them down to like 90, you know, take off 95% of their health, they go into a finisher state and you just stake them to kill them off. Uh, but there's also a UV gun that you can use that essentially, you know, turns them into like a rocky statue that you just uh, melee to break it apart. And then like, there's also a stake gun that shoots stakes. Uh, which it claims can be like hockey uh, sticks and a bunch of random weapons uh, type stuff that I haven't tried yet. So that could be neat. But a lot of my time was spent with uh, like an assault rifle that had a good range for taking out uh, cultists uh, pretty easily. But yeah, like uh, the loot stuff's not all that interesting. Um, I basically just stick to like having one type of a of a weapon at a time. Your inventory can hold up to forty weapons. I don't think there's forty different types of guns, uh, but I haven't had to like trash any uh, good weapons yet. That just you turn that into the currency, which you can spend back at the the, the firehouse base. Uh, they have a gun shop that has no good guns in there. Like I bought some initially because they were better than the uh, the first couple of drops I had, but that was about the last time I checked and saw anything useful there. I could spend some currency to refresh it, but I have no guarantee that it's going to be any better than what uh, what gets dropped during missions and such, which there's constant guns dropping. Uh, so what I end up spending that currency on is in another part of the, the base. Uh, you can buy uh, pick locks, uh, and wire taps, whatever they're called, um, that lets you get into unlocking machine locks and that kind of stuff. And uh, other kind of locks, you can use the uh, the lock picks to do that stuff. So I just refill those when I get back to the base, kind of thing. So it's nothing. There's nothing really going on in that base, uh, really, unless you have a crew to play with, and maybe. But even then, you know. All there are just some very basic vendors that do that sell you very basic stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's very bland. It's not. Uh, people had the initial impression that this was like a Left for Dead style game, and it's not. Uh, I would put it more in the vein of like a a Borderlands or a Far Cry game, uh, in terms of just being kind of games where you go around, shoot people, and do things, and eventually return to your base uh, to do stuff but it's a lot more boring than those games because there's really not that much going on in the world. Uh, you know, when I'm wandering around to the... Which is another slight against them because, again, one of the things about Arcane's games is there's always something going on. Like, you know, the, the their whole sort of total simulation sort of style always means that, like, people are always off doing something or, you know, they're, you know, like they're, they're, it just compare this to Arcane, you know, compare this to like their last release, which I'm going to be talking about. And it's just, it's, it's like night and day. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I walk in through the streets towards where, you know, my missions are happening, I see lots of 
you know, little tanks of, you know, fuel that you can blow up and batteries that I guess can do some electrical damage kind of stuff. Uh, but there's nobody anywhere close to them. Uh, and even using my Raven to do some, you know, to send it out to see if there's enemies around kind of thing. It, you know, it marks some people, but there's not really that many. I think the the most I ever found is I wandered onto this bridge and saw a dude on there, and I didn't know if it was like an NPC or an enemy. Uh, but I walked up to it. It eventually saw me, and I saw a health bar on it. I was like, oh, this must be an enemy. Just shot it in the head uh, immediately and took it down. Uh, that kind of stuff. There's not much in the way of um, meaningful forge uh, foraging. You know, you'll find little uh, chests and, you know, bags and such you can pick stuff out of. But, you know, it's just constantly refilling your ammo. Uh, They have that all over the place. Lots of baskets and tables with a bunch of ammo on it. So you can top off anything you have uh, for that stuff pretty easily. So even on the, the, the middle difficulty, it's very much not a hard game at all. Uh, which is why if I'm going to play it some more, I'll probably just play it on the easiest difficulty and not even worry about dying at all. Uh, uh, Production-wise, it's it looks okay. Um, the characters just don't look all that interesting. You know, you go into your base, and most of the people you talk to just, like, sigh or say, hmm, they don't have any lines for you. Uh, there are a couple people that might have one line and then go back to being, hmm, you know, not even having any personality to it. I think I had one character like try to talk to me through a window, like a wall, because uh, I happened to get inside their range for them to say something. Uh, but I was on, you know, the other side of a wall where I couldn't actually do anything with them. Uh, that was kind of weird. Uh, audio-wise, it's a bit... I would say it's kind of bad audio-wise, um, because you'll just hear people speaking very loudly around you to the point I kept thinking like there had to be enemies nearby. Uh, but I think like maybe the hollow man just has some tele telepathic link to just like be on like a speakerphone in your ears all at all times. And I heard like hollow men cultists that kept talking about somebody named Claire. I had no clue what that was going on. Cause I had a dude named Jacob, I think. And so it's like, I don't know. There's a lot of audio stuff that, which is very annoying, uh, but at least with the the caption subtitling that I had, I could tell when enemies were nearby uh, because I could see subtitling show up uh, from there and usually use my Raven to check around for that stuff. But yeah, I don't think you can like hover your your sight over somebody and like mark them that way. It's like only this Raven that does it. And I get only hovers a little bit of marking when you aim at them for a few seconds. But yeah, it's like, it really needs a lot more to it. It's just a very basic game, which can be good in like co-op stuff. If you just want to have a a BS game to talk, you know, to friends with uh, while you're doing it or, you know, uh, play solo while you have, you know, Netflix on or a podcast or whatever, uh, it can be fine for that. But yeah, it's it's just a it's a fairly bland game uh, that, based on the the subject material, this really should have come out like in October for Halloween time 
give them yeah. that extra time. Yeah, but the the other thing though is it's like I get a sneaking suspicion that maybe Bethesda kind of sent this game out to die because they had sunk so much money into it at this point that it was like they had like those like are we going to just let this thing go for another year or are we going to go go ahead and just put this thing out and you know hopefully recoup our cost the cost that went into this thing. Um, because again, this is an arcane game that came out com- like partially unfinished. Yeah, I definitely think Microsoft played a big part in needing a big game to come out mm-hmm. because what they've put out so far is the uh, the Tango GameWorks game that's like a thirty dollars game, and there's mm-hmm. Minecraft Legends, which is a forty dollars game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of those are kind of just, or uh, the Minecraft Legends is kind of an ad game. Yeah, it's not really doing anything amazing to it. Yeah, uh, and this is kind of similar to that, but it's their first seventy dollars game, mm-hmm. which kind of makes it even worse because it's their their first try at something that you know you're supposed to spend more money on than you could spend on any of their other games this generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, if Microsoft didn't have Bethesda, they'd have put out even less this generation. Uh, so far, because Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo and uh, Redfall and Hi-Fi Rush, mm-hmm. uh, those have carried them for yeah. the past couple of years here. Yeah. But yeah, that's Redfall. It's very much a Game Pass game. Do not spend any money on it. Yeah. Yeah, any money you do spend, you know, goes towards the subscription. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they and they still have DLC coming for this because they have uh, a hero pass to add two more characters to the game, mm. which is like, man, that's that's certainly a lot to ask for people to care mm. that much about the game to get two more characters. Uh, and you can pay if you get the Game Pass version. I think forty bucks for the upgrade, uh, thirty bucks for the upgrade to the Bite Back Edition, which is their special edition. That for that you get that that hero pass with two heroes, and like skins for other stuff. Nothing really, mm-hmm. all that amazing. And it's like that's that's way too much for what this game needs. Um, all we've really gotten out of the the way this game is launched is Phil Spencer went on a kind of funny podcast to, like, talk earnestly about a lot of concerns people have about what they've got going on. And he definitely like cop to showing. A lot of 60 FPS footage of this game, and then having the console version not be that at launch, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's Redfall. Uh, it's an okay game at best, but there are much better ways to spend your time right now. Uh, Ravenlock, I'll talk when Dan uh, talks about it. Uh, but the other game I've been putting time into is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I've been playing some more of that, uh, enjoying my time. Uh, with that, and that's a game that also launched in a rough state, but uh, not so much in the way that Redfall is like a very bland rough state. Uh, this is like a, a rough state for a game that is incredibly fun, and I'm looking forward to put more time into it. I'm still on the uh, the first big planet you're on, uh, and I'm trying to work my way off of the planet because I know there's other planets to go to, but. Uh, I do have a, a run into a fun uh, couple of people that 
is a person and her robot DJ that you kind of send back to the uh, the bar that is your sort of base of operations here, uh, where they can play some like actual Star Wars music, not like orchestral music or you know licensed music, that kind of stuff. It's like in-world Star Wars, you know, professionally made music kind of stuff that has a bunch of different vibes to it. I didn't listen to everything, see if there was like jizz music in there, but mm. uh, there's at least some like electronica type stuff and uh, some pop music there. So there's definitely a good bit there and you can get more of it. I think from the, one of the shops that's uh, near the, the bar kind of thing. But yeah, the customization stuff is still neat. I have been getting some of that currency to potentially get, I think I've seen people like go with like a, a mullet for their cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mullet and like a a horseshoe mustache kind of thing uh, to re- get a real redneck cow kind of vibe to him. Uh, but I haven't gone that far just yet. Uh, but they do have, I think in the shop, sort of a, an Anakin Skywalker from episode three kind of messy hair kind of look, uh, which I'm probably going to try and get when I get a chance. So but that's Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, Definitely looking to put some more time into it here. Uh, I guess the other one I didn't put on here, I forgot to, is uh, Breath of the Wild. I finally beat that. Uh, Streamed that yesterday. Uh, Had a lot of fun finishing it. Um, And, yeah, that final fight with Ganon uh, is uh, very much a Dark Souls-style boss. Mm. Uh, A very kind of uh, slovenly, you know, disheveled, barely put together kind of weird six-armed creature mm-hmm. that does a variety of attacks to you. Uh, it has like the, the different kind of phases that you'd expect of, you know, going after you offensively and then gets up on the wall and does, you know, a handful of different types of attacks at you from there. Uh, that kind of stuff. And being that, you know, the last time I'd played this really was like two and a half years ago. Uh, I did pretty well on it before having to figure out a means for uh, how to finish off the boss. Cause I got to the, the second phase of it and the, the chief move you need to do to actually do it was sort of the, uh, the perfect parry, which I had not realized was a, and I remembered that that was a thing I could do uh, in the game. Cause it's been so long and, if there's something that's really bad about that game is it has very little way of telling you like the, the moves and such that you have. Um, like even the, the ones from the divine beast that you unlock, like it, they hide that stuff pretty well versus having, you know, uh, playing like star Wars Jedi survivor. that does a really good job of having, uh, in the, uh, in the menus sort of a, a means of like, here's all the different moves you have and here's how to do them. And here's, you know, example videos of what those moves are. So, you know, what, you know, to look for and breath of the wild, just like, now you got to figure it out on your own. And even looking at, they have like a a menu option for like, here's like special abilities, but it's like, here's how to do like the, the dodge jumps and that kind of stuff and charge moves that are like, all right to do, but those aren't like the moves that you're probably looking at at that point of the game. Uh, And that game just, doesn't have much in the way of accessibility features or anything to help uh, you help you remind yourself of like what what your whole arsenal moves is 
especially with these like divine beast moves that I had to figure it out on my own, but with a little guide to help as well. So uh figured that stuff out so that wasn't too bad. Uh the final fight against like the divine beast form of Ganon is uh, a fun little fight, though it's pretty easy and straightforward for the most part outside of the the very last bits, uh, which the guide also helped me with. But once I had that all down, uh, that was a, a pretty quick uh, and fairly easy uh, game to finish up there. So I was glad to do that and uh, be ready for Tears of the Kingdom here in a few days, which is already pre-installed on my Switch. So I'm pretty much ready to go for that. So... That is it for me. How about you, Brandon? Well, um, obviously, uh, unlike Redfall, I played a actually functioning <laughs> arcade game. But before that, I actually did play and I finished uh, Paradise Killer, which I did find out, you know, who the uh, bad guy was, who the, well, I say bad guy. Basically, everybody in this game is horrible, <laughs> are horrible people. Um but um, the actual, like, uh, person responsible for the murder, I did figure out sort of the who was basically responsible for it, um, and it ends up being the person who is, seems like the most obvious, which usually in a story like this, that's sort of like a bluff, where it's like they're trying to, like, yeah, this is the post person who's got the most to gain and the most to lose. And it's like, okay, so that's supposed to be like a bluff. It's supposed to be like, yeah, obviously that person's not supposed to be the actual culprit. That's like a red herring. No, they actually turn out to be the person responsible for it. Although it does turn out that they end up getting a couple of people involved in the scheme that you might not expect. Um, But yeah, I uh, managed to finish that. And uh, I really did enjoy that game a lot, even though there were parts of it that were kind of frustrating. Um, the one thing I really did not like about it is the fact that the sort of, um, you know, the fast moving, you know, one part to another, you know, one save point to another, um, that, uh, requires currency to use. And the currency that you use in this game is called blood crystals. And they're extremely, uh, they're actually, there's not a lot of them to go around. (laughs) So every time you... Like, and the first thing is you actually also have to use a blood crystal to make sure so that that particular, like, waypoint ends up becoming active. Uh, Like, you can use it as a save point without doing any of that, but if you want to, like, get it so that you can fast travel to that particular point, you have to first, you know, put a um, blood crystal in to activate it, and then at the same time, you have to use that have to use another blood crystal to then go and, you know, use the fast travel service to get to the other place that you want to go to. Um, so obviously that was a little irritating. Um, but everything else I loved. I loved the whole, you know, the the whole sort of vaporwave aesthetic that it's got. I loved the soundtrack. The character designs were great. It was just, it was really, it was a lot of fun. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so now that that's done, I finally decided to, like, seriously play, because I had actually kind of started it on my Xbox Series S, but after I got my PS5 and they, you know, put it up on the, on, you know, the PS Extra stuff, PS Plus, I was like, you know what, you know, this was, like, the console that this game was actually made for to play on, so I might as well, like, give it a serious shot on this one, and 
basically, like I said with the last one, I say basically everything I did, which is that I love, like, first of all, and I guess this is kind of a kind of a spoiler, but not really because the game's been out for a while now. Um, this game basically takes place in the same universe that Arcane does, just further along in the timeline. Uh, Arcane tends to take place right around sort of like a vaguely Victorian era, sort of, whereas, Arc- whereas um, I mean, not Arcane, Dishonored. Dishonored, yeah. Dishonored takes place in a vaguely Victorian era, uh, vaguely like the maybe the 1880s, maybe, uh, whereas Deathloop takes place uh, at least on the surface, in their sort of version of the 1960s. And, like, the atmosphere is completely different, too. Whereas, you know, the, um, the you know, the atmosphere in Dishonored is very gothic and dour and Victorian and kind of steampunky. Uh, Deathloop is just straight up, like, swinging 60s hedonism, like, taken to its extreme. Um, the whole concept is you're stuck on this island called Black Reef that's essentially stuck in a time loop. And the reason it's stuck in a time loop is because this group of weirdos called the Visionaries met up with this sort of Elon Musk type guy who basically it creates a sort of, he, he exploits like a tear in the space-time continuum so that using this enormous machine that you can basically see from space... Um, he keeps the um, the island of Black Reef in like a week long uh, time loop. Um, but the thing is, the guy you play as, the loop seems to be for you only lasts like twenty four hours. Um, every time you die, the loop starts again, and you wake up on this beach uh, on the. I guess it's like the southeastern side of the island. It might be the northwestern. I'm not sure. Um, and your goal is, the goal that you're playing aiming for is you're trying to break the loop. And the only way you can break the loop is by killing all of the visionaries in a 24-hour period. Um, um, but, of course, you know, that's like, you know, the game is, it's very difficult to do that, obviously, because... Once you move from, like, one major area to the other, time moves forward. So it starts off, you know, on the beach, but once you get to another big area, it moves to noon. Because you're moving through, like, this sort of tunnel system that covers the entire island and kind of a big island. So you're trying to get from one point to another, so obviously time moves forward. And obviously, once again, every time you die, the loop starts again. But at the same time... If you go through the whole 24-hour period, you basically also start the loop again. So what you're trying to do is, through these varying loops, you're trying to suss out, like, where these people, you know, these individuals you're trying to kill, where what they're doing during the day, you know, what they're working on, what they're involved in, um... And, like, because you there's, like, eight of them, and you can only, like, physically kill one individual person at a time, um, you have to find ways where you can basically, like, kill these other ones, like, off screen. So, like, one of them is has, like, this fireworks show that they do every morning, and you have to, like, find a way to sabotage the fireworks so that it will end up killing the guy off screen. Um Stuff like that. 
Um, and on top of all of this, there's also one individual who is a visionary named Julian who keeps it, it can either be controlled by a or by another player, and they can just show up at random points. Um, and they are not easy to get to kill uh, because they are extremely strong um, and usually very well armed. And yeah, they can be a bit of a nuisance. Um, but yeah, this game is just. Man, it is a lot of fun. It really is. And I'm glad that I'm finally at a point now where I can, like, actually enjoy it, you know, on in the place it was supposed to be enjoyed on. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. So, Darren Reb, what about you? Yeah, so I finally finished uh, Coffee Talk Episode 2. Uh, and I use Finished loosely because after you um, roll credits, uh, you're allowed to go back to certain chapters and... Uh, see some things differently, and sometimes you don't even have to try. Like, um, I mentioned before, the, the, the main gameplay loop in this game is uh, listening to people and their stories, and of course making them coffee. And, you know, you have all these ingredients to use, and based on the, on the ingredients you use, you'll make something different. Each time you make something new, it'll be put in, into your coffee journal, and that way you'll always know the recipe. Uh, sometimes, like, It'll also depend on when you put certain things in. Like, for example, if you put in coffee and then milk and then ginger, it'll make something different than coffee and then ginger and then milk. So it's these, these sort of sorts of combinations you have to keep in mind. And you also have to keep in mind the taste profile of the people that you're um, serving to. So uh, that being said, you know, you can upset people or make people happy based on what you make. And there are different ways to just have that story move forward. Kind of, kind of like, you know, what you see with um, a game like The Trip Become Human or a Telltale game. You know, just, uh, just different ways of playing will lead to uh, different outcomes. And the thing with Coffee Talk is you, you, you want to see how different situations play out. But, yeah, uh, I didn't delve that far. I just wanted to get through the main story. Um, and, I, and I'm glad I did. Um, I don't feel like it, it essentially added much uh, to what the first game did because a, a lot of the characters are the same. Um, but if anything, it, it fleshed them out even more. And, you know, eventually when they make a Coffee Talk episode three, which I know, which I, I would assume they do, I'm, I'm sure they'll give us more ingredients to mess around with because it's a really, um, just fun, lighthearted game to play and just, just really chill. <clears throat> um, aside from that, um, it's been pretty casual here. been playing some Marvel Snap. They added the Guardians event in time for Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's something that I've noticed. Um, each event lasts one month and normally when... Um, Marvel released something new in, in theaters. They normally go with that theme. So this year, or this month, it's Guardians. So I actually went ahead and bought the pack. Uh, it includes a new Nebula card, which uh, seems to be rather useful, but I haven't, I haven't really found um, a proper deck to put it in yet. But yeah, it's, 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 it's Marvel Snap. It's about as fun as it was when I first started. And um, I'm not playing it nearly as much, but I do, you know, uh, play it a little bit here, uh, here every day just to make sure that... Um, still playing Fallen Order. Um, I've gotten to... Uh, the part after the first Saw Guerrero mission, and uh, looking forward to seeing it flesh out even more. I know Jedi Survivor is eventually uh, trying that out. Um, and then, as Chris mentioned, I've been playing Ravenlock. Um, so Ravenlock is a game that I've actually had for a couple weeks. I uh, just couldn't talk about it. Um, unfortunately, I've been re really busy these last two weeks, so I haven't really been able to put much time into it, and most of the time I put into it was actually this week. Um, and yeah, uh, it's hard to say that I'm enjoying the game. Um, one thing for sure is I, I, I definitely love this, its uh, aesthetic. It's, it's 3D, but it has like this pixel look to it. Um, and 
you're basically going to some some crazy version of um, Alice in Wonderland. So you see a lot of, a lot of familiar characters, like there's a mention of the Queen in Hearts. You're greeted by a rabbit uh, and, and that sort of thing. But this game really presents itself to be sort of a Zelda-like, but it's more of a game where you just um, do certain objectives. And the objectives can be pretty mundane. And you, you get this, like, literally at the beginning, when, like, your parents move to a new house and you have to um, help your dad by helping your mom and, like, eventually you end up in this bar and end up in this Alice in Wonderland area, but um, you have sort of, like, like, like the option to explore, uh, so you can just go ahead and uh, tr- uh, walk around or wherever you may be. Uh, I found this forest, I found uh, this path to a labyrinth that I don't have access to yet, and like everything is just is, is just tucked behind lock and key, and you really just have to solve uh, every objective there. And the the game makes it makes it seem like you can do everything right then and there, but there are there, there does seem to be like sort of a golden thread in order to really get things done. Um, the first area you actually have um, access to is uh, that this mushroom forest, where there's a lot of mushroom enemies, and um, you actually have to like do what the witch says by um, doing all the, all, all these side quests in the area that she's in. Eventually she has you kill some sort of mushroom boss, which actually ended up being really, really hard for me until I realized that I can use all of the um, feathers and money that I've gained to, uh, to upgrade my sword and shield. And like, I went from like level one to level eight, just like that. And I eventually just killed the mushroom pretty easily. Um, eventually like I go into this lake and have to kill this, um, this bison thing, and it looks like a pinata, and I pretty much just cheesed it. Um, even though I said the first boss was hard, it was because I was underleveled, but like the main thing here is the enemies don't really attack you. Uh, when you attack them, you stun them, and you just keep on attacking uh, hack-and-slash style. And the bosses are considerably harder. They do have their um, they do have their obvious moves that you use just, just, just by studying them, but you know um, the, the second one I fought, um, as long as I stayed next to it, and like dodged right when I was supposed to, I was able to cheese my attacks and kill it within like less than a minute. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a game that's uh, t- t- tends to be like I, I want to say it's more for kids, but at the same time, it's complex enough to um, make you wonder if they'd be even able to go to where they have to go next because there's a lot of backtracking, and they're and, and the game from from so far has a pretty horrible. Uh, um, quick travel system. Um, I've only found one place to quick travel to, and it hasn't actually been useful yet. Um, so yeah, um, Ravenlock is enjoyable, but it's also just really, really frustrating so far. So, uh, I don't know what you think, Chris, but go ahead. Yeah, how far are you into it? Like, how much time would you say? Well, two hours, maybe? Maybe a little, a little, a little right. less than that? I'm probably, like, about three hours in. I, I just did uh, the tea party stuff essentially like the 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 weird thing about this game so like dan Herb said it's basically alice in wonderland uh redux essentially uh it moves lightning fast uh every character you talk to seems like they give you a quest mm-hmm. to do um you talk to them just like oh i can let you through here if you get me this and your character is very much like yeah sure whatever i can do it i'll do it uh, she basically only puts up a fight right as she enters the realm. Uh, we're like, oh, you must be, 
you know, the the one in the prophecy with the raven hair, you know, named Ravenlock. She's like, no, that's not me. And then it's like, no, you have to be. You have the raven hair. And she's like, well, my hair is raven. Uh, and then just, just calls herself Ravenlock from then on. And literally is the goody two-shoes that wants to do everything that anybody asks. So you just start getting quests constantly. Uh, the most annoying thing is that every new quest you get shows up as your active quest. So you might be trying to do one thing and keep track of, you know, be like, collect five of these things. And then you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, can you do this for me? And then that gets put as your active quest. And it's super annoying in that way. But uh, the the combat's pretty simple. You know, you just go around, you can hit your attacks pretty fast. Uh, I have three sort of special abilities that uh, fill out, you know, have cooldowns between uses. Uh, the first one is sort of just a, a, you know, homing attack that sends out these like ice balls at enemies and those will cause them to like stun for like a second or two. Uh, so those are pretty useful. Your second one's like a, a dash that does a bunch of quick little attacks. If you hit, you know, do it at a, an enemy. Uh, and the third one seems to be like a bunch, like a, a big combo of, of attacks, essentially. Uh, so that one I just got after beating a, a big boss. But yeah, you don't level up off the of stuff. You just get this feather currency that you go and spend at one particular vendor uh, for that stuff, uh, which I initially like leveled up to four pretty quickly and then leveled up to, you know, six. And I think I'm on eight or nine right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game also just throws achievements at you. Literally every quest seems like you get an achievement for. So I have like 19 or 20 right now out of 50. And so I'll probably put uh, the rest of the time into this because I think it's supposed to be maybe four or five hours uh, long at most if you're trying to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's initially very confusing because they give you like five or six quests if you talk to everybody. Uh, and they all lead you in different ways as in this initial area to which you're like, well, there's this kingdom that I guess is the queen's kingdom, but it needs you to get three things to unlock the door. Uh, those are three big quests and you don't even touch any of those for probably at least two hours into yeah. it. I think I just did a thing where maybe I am able to do one of those or I have a thing for one of those, but maybe not. But yeah, I just figured out a thing for another part of that opening area so I can do stuff to get to this uh, maze, which, you know, is like a the maze in Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and yeah. there is a lot of the a lot of the stuff there, uh, though the Mad Hatter is not really a Mad Hatter, but uh, he's just running a tea party. And I guess the whole thing there is like, oh, this thing happened and made all the food huge and everybody got scared off. Yeah. Kind of thing uh, versus everything shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's, there's nothing really, you know, it's kind of got a little bit of a spookiness to it, but nothing too bad uh, to it. Um, yeah, it's just, and the other thing is every time you leave an area, everything respawns in that area when you come back to it. Mm. Uh, so there are like bases that have coins in them. Yeah. You break them. And if you need to grind those out for whatever reason, you just leave and come back constantly to do that yeah. stuff. I found that respawn thing really strange. Uh, this morning, uh, in the in the lake level I was talking about, there's like this mission where you have to help these stags 
and do random things. So one yeah. of them is like you have to kill these flying things. One of them is like, you have to kill these big things. And um, I ran around the map, like just trying to find everything to kill. And eventually I ran out. So then I left it and I came back and they were all there again. And it, it, and like, you know, if you had to kill 10 things and all of a sudden like 30 of them are, are, are there for you. I was like, oh, that was probably too easy. But at the, at, the, at the same time, it's like, how am I supposed to know that I was supposed to come back? So it's really just like understanding the the weaknesses of this system and then just using it to your advantage. Yeah, it's that area is weird because you talk to one of them and it's like, kill, you know, 10 of these you know, mosquitoes. And I think there's enough mosquitoes in the area the first time. Uh, but then it's like, kill 10 of these things. And I think there's like six in there. And I think there's one more. And two of the two of the enemies they tell you to kill look mostly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also they don't label them as you do attacks to them or anything. You don't get like bars that say like, Oh, you know, this mosquitoes at, you know, half health or something, you know, like a, a brawler kind of thing would do. Uh, it doesn't do anything like that. You just see a health bar and you're like, I have no idea if this adds to this thing or to that quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I dealt with that, went and talked to the big deer uh, to, because one of them just said, like, oh, go talk to this guy. And I talked to him. He's like, if you got no business, go away. I was like, well, that's weird. But I had to finish up all the others to get the uh, something done. And then I had to go back to talk to the witch, who then gave me a quest to go talk to the big deer. It was kind of a little weird like that. Like, a little bit of that is a little bit uh, rough around the edges. But the the quickness of this game to get around to different areas and complete these quests is pretty simple. Mm. Um, the only one I had a trouble on is for collecting these five cinders uh, for this talking uh, cauldron. Mm. Uh, it's because I just didn't find the the weird side path that had the last one. Because uh, yeah. the camera is not very good. It's It's not a fully 3D camera. It just kind of rotates like 45 degrees to your left. And 45 degrees to your right. And that's all based on the, the way the camera angle wants to be in this area. Uh, wherever you're at, to kind of adjust kind of like a like a God of War or something where it's kind of following you, but not really. Uh, but you can turn it a little bit side to side from there. But yeah, it's kind of a weird camera system where it's like, I can't really see what I'm looking for. Yeah, and I think the main struggle there is there's no map either. So um a lot of my struggles is like not being able to find anything, but it's probably because I didn't look around every corner. Um, yeah. uh, the, the main thing where I mentioned where I only had two warp points with the mirrors was because I didn't realize the attic was upstairs on the witch's uh, house from the outside. I thought I had to do it from the inside. And I ended up going back and finding it. And I was like, oh, cool. The music sheet is here too. So yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it does a good job of feeding you what you need, but it doesn't really like tell you where to go, which just makes it a little more a little bit more difficult in that regard that's why i wondered like even though this is aimed at kids i'm wondering whether like they'll have the patience in order to find everything because so far it's been a struggle in that regard for me yeah i think it's all right on that stuff because generally if you just look in every corner you'll be fine uh and i and i generally approach every area with like i'll look around and it's like oh i found the the locked door for the attic and like okay i'll probably get a key at some point uh, and then I talked to everybody else and got like the quest for the cinders and did that. And then I just uh, talked to the, the the witch and she gave me a thing to do. 
and I went and did that, and that wasn't too difficult. Just kind of like keep progressing to new areas, and generally you'll find things that go to quests you probably got ages ago. Like I just got uh, in the mansion, uh, you get a bunch there from people, and like I just got the painting, uh, and I also found the stinky cheese dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, all right, I'll take the the mirror back to the mansion, and then that'll give me, uh, uh, you know, a place to do those things, which I'm saving them a little bit because it's an, it's an easy game to burn through. So, you know, if you got you know a good afternoon uh, to play it, you know, you can probably burn right through it really fast. Um, but yeah, it's a game that's you know you can get through it quickly, but you don't have to like rush anything really. Mm. But just the natural pace of the way it goes is just going to have you burn through it pretty quickly. Because when I went to start it up, I saw like the how long to beat thing on the Xbox mm. uh, PC Game Pass app, and it's like three and four hours. And I'm like, what? Having played their previous game, Echo Generation, which is a very slow Mario Par- Mario uh, Paper Mario style RPG, I was like, this seems off. Maybe it's just weirdos putting in weird numbers at launch to be, you know, weird. But I started playing. I was like, Oh, this is why, because it's, it's a very concentrated game. It doesn't really have any significant, like branching stuff. You know, when you try and play games where it's like, Oh, there's a fork here. I try and go down each side just enough to see like, which one's the main path, which one's the side path kind of thing. There's not really, much of that there it's just uh you really don't have to worry about going into a place of no return at any point uh, because every place you go where there's like a big boss fight or whatever you'll leave coming out the other way so it doesn't you're never really in any places where you're gonna advance too far and miss out on content it doesn't seem like that kind of game for it so yeah i've been enjoying it i'm looking forward to putting some more time into it it's Probably got another two hours at most, so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I feel like I've uh, gone far enough where I feel like I'm, I'm at a point where I have to beat it. Uh, just don't know yet. But, yeah, I've, I've basically just been biding my time until Zelda comes out. So looking forward to that, and this game sort of satiates that hunger, or mm. whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, yeah, that's about it. It seems very much a, a Game Pass game where it gives you constant achievements for every little thing you do in a way that's like, oh, Okay, this is for that kind of Game Pass person. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely one of those games where you know you're, you're glad Game Pass exists and it's on there because you know it's it's definitely something that I'm I'm gonna assume a lot of people would want would want to give a try just because like when, when you watch a trailer it, it looks absolutely amazing. You start playing it, it's kind of eh, but it's not bad. And you know um, maybe you wouldn't have spent money on it at launch when it came out, but you know because you're spending money on Game Pass and because it's this long, then, you know, you, you might as well give it a try. And it's, it's the perfect Game Pass game in that regard. Um, yeah. I, I, I did last case of Benedict Fox, but I haven't loaded it up yet. Yeah. That one's definitely more of a Metroid type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to take more time mm-hmm. uh, for that. But Ravenlocks is a pretty easy entry-level game. Uh, especially if you are playing it for rewards points on Microsoft Rewards. Because mm. uh, on the, the Game Pass app, they'll have, like, get an achievement today. You can play, like, two minutes of this game and get an achievement and be good for that. So you can, like, stretch it out if you want that way or just play it in a day. 
mm-hmm. and feel good to get like you know hundreds of points out of that. Uh, though a lot of the early ones you get are like five points, uh, where it's just like okay, this game's just doling them out in a ridiculous way. But hey, that's uh, Ravenlock, pretty solid, definitely worth checking out, especially over Redfall, which is not going to be a great use of your time. No, at least not until you know they some several much needed updates. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, let's get to some news here. And partly, we already talked about half of the uh, the Game Pass games that they talked about yeah. coming out here over the next week or so, uh, because you know it's Redfall and Ravenlock that came out this past week. So uh, those are uh, games you can check out. I would say Ravenlock is the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death does a good job of not having any fluff to it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can even use the dash to get around even faster if somehow the the regular run. It weirdly has like a toggle for the run, but it's not like it's a fast run or anything. It's just not like a slow walk in comparison. But uh, for the yeah. other, compared to the normal way you run, it's still pretty fast. But yeah, I, I find myself using the dash mechanic super often. Yeah, uh, but yeah, let's see what's coming out this week ahead. Uh, for May 8th, which is Monday, Weird West Definitive Edition. So I guess they're just putting up the uh, Definitive Edition of that game with the DLC, I guess, that was in that game mm-hmm. that they put out. So that's for the new Xbox consoles. Yeah. Uh, not sure if they're going to put that on PC or anything, but it just says Xbox Series X and S. So uh, for the 9th, uh, that would be Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadowrun trilogy for the PC. So if you, yep. uh, I guess that's been on console for a bit, uh, but that's yeah. the the new Shadowrun trilogy. Yep. Uh, sort of a uh, computer RPGs, but much more approachable. Yeah, basically, I would give this sort of. I I would basically give the new Shadowrun game sort of the sort of res- being responsible for sort of the whole sort of bringing some of these old IPs back because because of how successful those that trilogy was. Yeah, that was uh, definitely an early big uh, Kickstarter game. Yep. So yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see, in, on the 11th, Fuga Melody, Melodies of Steel 2 for console yep. PC. If you have not played the first game, you absolutely should. It's a fantastic... Uh, turn-based strategy game, but it is very dark. I, like, do not let the imagery fool you. This game is a very dark war story about children basically having to commandeer a sentient tank because a bunch of pseudo-Nazis basically showed up and kidnapped all their parents. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember it had to do with kids. I forgot what it... If they were like having to fight wars or yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if it was that or somehow I might have had in my head they used kids as fuel for the tank. Uh, you do actually. Well, kind of. Um, the 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 tank has this one um, weapon called the soul cannon that basically can just wipe out whatever enemy you come up against. But the cost is that you basically have to sacrifice one of your crew in order to do it. Yeah, this yeah. is one of those games where it's about uh, character choices, I guess, at least in dialogue. Yep. So, 
you're sacrificing somebody who could add to your story or yeah. affect it in some way. Yeah. Now you can go through the whole game, you know, without using it for the record. Yeah. Um, except for this one part in the beginning where, you know, it, ha- it makes you do it to show you like what it does and the cost of it. And then it kind of does like a time loop and you can go through the whole thing again without having to use it. But yeah. <laughs> but if somebody really annoys you, save them for a good time. Yeah. Uh, use them to really get back at the Nazis. Yeah. And it, the game makes no bones about it. They are definitely supposed to be Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that looks like that is basically it for the week. Not really much. Yeah. Uh, so not really too surprising here. Uh, but let's get to the rest of our news here. Uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Uh, that was sort of tied to... Uh, Miles Morales, uh, the Ultimate Edition, since the PS5's launch uh, for that. And part of this free comic book day announcement here of having sort of a prequel comic that uh, would be available and leading into the new Spider-Man 2 game. Uh, They also announced here that Spider-Man Remastered would be getting a standalone release for $49.99, I believe. Uh, But if you have... Uh, any of the versions of the original game on PS4, mm-hmm. uh, either the the base game, the digital deluxe edition, or the game of the year edition, yeah. uh, physical or digital, you could pay ten bucks to upgrade to the the new remastered version, mm-hmm. uh, which definitely is a good value for that because mm-hmm. uh, they improve that game uh, a decent bit, makes it even better. Uh, you'll have the new Peter Parker. Yep. In that, as well as it'll just run and load real fast because of the PS5's power. Mm-hmm. On that, so if you want to get ready for Spider-Man Two, uh, this seems like a good amount of time to uh, replay this game or play it for the first time. If you just bought it, you know, ages ago, never got around to playing it, mm-hmm. now's as good a time as any to uh, check that out. Uh, so yeah, definitely worth uh, checking that out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a wonder why they waited three years to do this, because the game was available at launch and uh, only available as that, you know, um, that special edition. So, yeah, um, great that's available. Should have been available sooner, but here's what it is. Yeah, I think it's marketing for the new game uh, that's going to be out this fall. So, so, yeah, maybe should have done it earlier, but now's about as good a time as any to do it to get people on the PS5 and checking out the new thing whenever whenever we get to actually see that game in action. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, Spider-Man Remastered. Next up here, Rhinestone is finally out on PS5, PS4, and the Xbox Series X and S consoles. Uh, 20 bucks uh, has a discount, uh, launch discount of 20% off for people to check out there. Uh, that's Cappy's newest game. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you like your your puzzle games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, runs it. Yeah, say your 4K 60 FPS on the the new console, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has all the updates and such that they've been running in that game since uh, it launched a few years ago. So yeah, there you go. Definitely worth checking that game out. Mm. Uh, coming out pretty soon, Planet of Lana. Uh, this is a cinematic platformer. Yeah. Uh, 
puzzle platformer essentially uh, uh, with some Studio Ghibli vibes to it. I played the demo oh, yeah. this during the one of the Steam demo fests uh, mm-hmm. earlier this year. That was uh, uh, it seemed like the first chunk of the game. Uh, yeah, played pretty well. Looked really good. Oh yeah, uh, seems very fun uh, for yeah. that. But it'll be out May twenty third on Xbox and PC. It'll be on Game Pass as well at launch. So yeah, that's one that you should definitely check out. Yeah, definitely. I am. This is one project I've been looking forward to. Yeah, for a while. Um, because yeah, it looks gorgeous and it looks like a lot of fun. I love yeah. the sort visual storytelling and world building in this game. And uh, I really want to try it. Yeah. Yep, that's definitely one you can check out here in about two weeks. So, there you go for that. Mm. Uh, Happening on June 2nd, Super Mega Baseball 4 is coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fairly popular uh, sort of license-free baseball franchise that oh what's the developer here for this uh i forget their metalhead studio that ea bought a while ago Uh, but for this game they are adding mlb stuff to it it's not going to be mlb licensed but uh, they will have a bunch of legends that you can play the game with um trying to see where yeah more than 200 legends from the mlb history Mm -hmm. uh that'll be in uh, the roster of players there so I can yeah put them on teams. It, this game is all about customization so you can create custom teams and all that. So I guess you can put a bunch of those on your teams and use them in exhibition matches, franchise, uh, their pennant race mode, season online leagues, uh, all that kind of stuff. It has cross-play between all platforms as it'll be out on everything. Uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. And yeah, it's uh, one of those fun. It's not arcadey, but it's not simulation. It's sort of a a, a mix of the two in there. Uh, it's definitely one that I've heard people having fun with uh, a lot. So that's one definitely to keep an eye on in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to see if there's anything else here. That seems to be pretty much it. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, a new baseball game for you to check out. Yeah. And uh, let's see, up next here, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. This is the new Don't Nod game. Uh, It's a bit more visual novel to it. Uh, They finally announced dates. It'll be out June 8th on Switch and PC, June 22nd on the new consoles, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, There's a demo out now on Steam uh, because they're doing like a Ludo Naricon event, uh, which is sort of a uh, a developer community event uh, for developers of narrative-based games. Uh, so there's a lot of demos up of various things on there that I'll mm. try and do some videos for here over the the week ahead that I download a bunch of. So that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the De- Demon School game is on there as well. That's the, the Persona style, yeah. classic Persona style game. Uh, so I'm excited about checking out some of those demos. So, yeah, yeah, this looks neat. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, trying out the demo for Harmony and seeing how that turns mm-hmm. out. Uh, so yeah, that'll be about a month away. Yeah. 
And uh, for games that don't have a date yet, uh, Double Dragon is returning for Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise of the Dragons. Yeah, there's a, there's a franchise I didn't expect to see again. Yeah. Uh, let's see, set in New York City after it's been destroyed by nuclear war. Billy and Jimmy must take back what remains from the violent gangs that have since taken over. Uh, they won't be doing it alone, though. The game features 13 playable characters, including Marion, uh, the love interest that got beat up uh, in the beginning of the first two games, mm-hmm. uh, taken away. Now packs a pistol to blast threats from afar. Newcomer Uncle Martin, a tank-like fighter with a riot shield. So uh, they're doing a lot of with like co-op and tag team focused moves. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. Uh, but yeah, this is coming from Secret Base and publisher Modus Games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this looks pretty neat. Two-player local co-op at launch. Online co-op is coming post-launch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that looks neat. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool revival for a franchise that maybe didn't need it at mm-hmm. a certain point because they put out a bunch of sequels to those original games and a lot of them were very bad. Yeah. Yeah. Double Dragon even spawned a uh, very bad movie that I remember. Oh, yeah. So uh, there's that. Um, but, yeah, um, Double Dragon does have its hold uh, in gaming, especially, you know, with, with beat-em-ups. Uh, before Streets of Rage, there was, there was uh, Double Dragon, so I'm glad it's uh, having some sort of uh, renaissance. The main thing that is, though, um, I don't really know much about Secret Base. I just l- looked them up, and uh, I, I, I know nothing about the titles that they've created, so I wonder if it's, you know... Uh, gonna be done right. This is not Dodimu. Like I know that we can look back at the Streets of Rage and Ninja Turtle games they've made before, but uh, mm-hmm. this is not them. I'm not saying they can't be them, but I'm gonna have my reservations about it. Yeah, yeah. Looking at what they made, Streets of Red definitely is a classic beat 'em up style game. Oh yeah. Uh, in the vein of you know a Final Fight or Double Dragon, so. That very much seemed like a you know a project to work on something like this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they got some chops. Uh, but let's see what's next up here. All right, we got a couple games announcing milestones. Chia has topped one million players in six weeks since launch. That's good, which is, which is great for them. Uh, yeah, they are going to be having a physical edition launching July eighteenth mm-hmm. through. Uh, Maximum Games will be publishing it, the Oleti edition. So that's cool for PS5 and PS4. Includes a cosmetic pack inspired by the Kepler. Yeah, this from the the publisher's family of games, which includes like Scorn, Sifu, Flintlock, and Cat Quest. So, well, this is not like those others, but you can have your character dressed like that if you want. Uh, but yeah, Chia, really good game. Definitely worth uh, people checking out. Yeah, very chill. Very, uh, just a game that's like, man, I want to play something that's just going to put me in a good headspace. And uh, that's Chia. <laughs> yep. It's like if you take the the annoying stuff out of Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. So you don't have to fight enemies constantly and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you can just explore. You kind of do a little bit of combat, but not too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's Chia. And next up, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters has reached 2 million sales. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, This also includes the PC and mobile versions, along with the new PS4 and Switch versions. Mm -hmm. I assume this also includes uh, sales of individual games. Mm. So if you're, for whatever reason, to buy like five of the six individually, not the bundle, the count is six sales. I don't know, but I assume that's how it works, because you can buy them all separately or in one pack mm-hmm. thing. So uh, that's good news for sales-wise, but uh, it's probably not as impressive as it seems based on just how it's been sold. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it should should show uh, Square Enix like, hey, keep doing this stuff. Because mm-hmm. people will buy them. Just have better pricing than selling some of these games for 18 bucks each. Mm-hmm. And uh, 75 bucks for the whole package. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there you go for that. Uh, next up here, uh, if you remember the Philips CDI. I unfortunately do. Yeah, there were some Zelda games on there. Yeah, there, there's, there was like actually more than a lot of people. Um, most people, when they think of like, oh, the Zelda CDI games, they think you know, the Faces of Evil, or which was, you know, the one that Link was in, and the Wand of Gamelon, which was the one that, you know, uh, Zelda was in, and it was infamously just horrible. (laughs) They were 2D action platformers, but they painted these backgrounds that do not make any sense in game design, because they're not designed to be like, here's the platforms, you're just like... I don't. I guess. I guess this is a platform. I guess we yeah. got this way. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it was kind of like a fifty-fifty shot. Also, you had to use the Philips CDI controller, <laughs> which was you know the presentation controller, which was not designed for playing a game like this at all. Yeah, depending on which CDI you got. Yeah, but those are the games that got like the most infamy. But there was actually one other. Uh, uh, Zelda CDI game. And this one, instead of using those (laughs) god-awful animated sprites and that horrifying, you know, those horrifying animated cutscenes that are just pure nightmare fuel in just every single frame of animation, uh, there was a third one, uh, which was basically, it was... It was a bit closer to like a Zelda, like a Legend of Zelda game, and that it was a top-down, you know, action RPG-ish type game. Except again, you play Zelda, and again, and instead of using you know those animated sprites, it uses um, live-action photograph sprites. Yeah, <laughs> most you know that type of stuff, uh, and it was awful. Like yeah. they're, they're like. Those, you know, it, those other two games are bad. This game is bad in a completely different way. Yeah, because they tried to make a more authentic Zelda game. Yeah. But it's also the one nobody talks about because it was at least trying to be a thing versus yeah. being blatant. Just, we have the license. Here's kind of what most games are like these days. Yeah. And so we'll do that. Yeah. It was still terrible, though. Make no mistake. Um, it, you know, one thing it had awful, just awful loading times. Um, basically every time you moved from one screen to the next, it would go into a loading cycle. Like, oh, it was bad. Um, 
It also doesn't help that they clearly just used whoever was around the office to do the voice acting. And also, like, the the actual, like, enemy sprites, but most of them, I'm pretty sure, were made out of, like, clay figures, either are just look terrible or they are legitimately horrifying. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. So... For the record, Game Grumps actually did like a playthrough of that game. They got like a way through it as they could. Um, so if you're like really want to see how this game plays, you can just watch that and suffer along with everyone else. <laughs> yeah, someday I'll actually check that out. Like, uh, my aunt actually did have a Philips CDI, and um, I actually did enjoy it. But like, the main thing was that one, I was eight years old. Yeah. And two, the only two games she had were Space Ace, which actually worked really well on it and mm-hmm. um, a Berenstein Bears game. So yeah, there was really, it, it, it was that ladder, uh, the like uh, children's shovelware made up. Like I'm pretty sure percent of the Phillips CDI library. But I do remember, remember I do remember that, that controller being uh, quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, somebody that's kind of enjoyed that game, I guess, decided that they wanted to, uh, remake it, uh, or I guess you could technically call it a demake. It's in GB Studio, which is sort of a a fan-made sort of GB development kit to make a, a game it, that looks like a Game Boy game. Uh, decided to go and like remake this whole game as a Game Boy title. Uh, and sort of the, as you can probably, or maybe not guess from the title, that you play as, actually play as Princess Zelda in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, somebody has made a demake of this game uh, for Game Boy that you can get off of Itch. There's a link here for it. It's free, uh, or you can you know name your own price so you can give them a tip uh, for that uh, if you want to. Uh, but yeah, you get a. I guess it's a yeah, it might be a Game Boy and a Game Boy Pocket version you can get, so you can potentially even run it on an actual Game Boy, potentially, or at least an emulator. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, yeah, this is a really cool thing. Make this game at least more playable for uh, people that want to try out some of the the weirder games in the the franchise, even though this one was not made by Nintendo in any way. Uh, They tried legally to stop Philips CDI from doing this, but uh, they failed in their their lawsuits about this uh, because they had already licensed it out to Philips CDI to make a few games, mm. and they sure show why Nintendo wanted them to stop. Yeah, <laughs> and this wasn't the only Nintendo property that they massacred either, because uh, they also famously did Hotel Mario. So. Yeah, so that at least released on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. They also did, I'm pretty sure, the original version. Mario's Time Machine? Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, maybe the best thing about those those other two Zelda games is the animated cutscenes mm-hmm. that are very bad, but humorously bad. Oh, yeah. When, they, when the thought of animation meant everybody had to emotes in way over-the-top ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when they're just trying to talk. Yep. 
It's probably somewhat evocative of like the animated series that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was also very, very nineties animation kind of thing. So there you go. There's a, a free remake of uh, this Game Boy or uh, CDI game for the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So you get to check that out uh, if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see that somebody did a demake of Dead Space as a PS1 game. That looked really cool. So that's another another thing you can check out on Itch for free. Much like the mm. the, the, the Bloodborne demake for the PS1 that also is really cool. Uh, but let's end with a little bit of bad news. Uh, PlayStation, uh, Sony is shutting down Pixel Opus. Uh, yep. Developers of... Uh, Entwined and Concrete Genie a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seems like they may have just run into a rut, not able to find a new project, I guess, uh, to work on. Maybe got a bunch of pitches shut down or shot down. Uh, And they posted on Twitter, Dear friends, our Pixel Opus adventure has come to an end. As you look to new futures, we wanted to say a heartfelt thank you to the millions of passionate players who supported us and our mission to make beautiful, imaginative games with heart. We are so grateful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think Sony confirmed later that they were uh, going to be shutting down June 2nd. Uh, so that is uh, sad to see them go, unfortunately. But hopefully those people uh, either stick together or find new places to go uh, and do some cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be cool if they could stick together and sort of reform as a new studio and make. Uh, similar kind of stuff uh, for uh, new audiences, I guess. Uh, So yeah, the Concrete Genie came out about four years ago. Uh, So it's been quite a while at this point. Very good game. Uh, 3D platform with some creative elements to it, but yeah, unfortunately it seems like uh, uh, even for a small team, they're not going to be sticking around, unfortunately. Sad. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think that is going to do it for this week. Yeah. Uh, Scene of the show. We'll thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. Always. Uh, We'll be back next week with a new slate of news and new topics to talk about. Uh, We'll be able to talk about uh, Tears of the Kingdom next week. Yep, because that comes out Friday. Yeah. And I'm making a point of trying to get it, so hopefully we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be able to talk about that as well as more things that happen mm-hmm. as we're getting close to the period where the, the E3 shows would be happening. Would be happening, being the operative concept here. <laughs> yeah, I think Microsoft is the only one to announce anything. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to see if we'll get confirmation of anything else happening that week. Mm-hmm. I would assume so. I would assume everybody else isn't going to let Microsoft just have the floor all week uh, Mm -hmm. that week. Uh, Them and their Starfield show that happens after it. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoy the show, if you let friends and family know that they should check the show out as well as select strangers who uh, will also uh, hopefully enjoy some uh, Tears of the Kingdom, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, but uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. We'll hope you have a good week ahead. Yeah. Uh, And we will see you all next time. Have a good one.